Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 41. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name's Eric Fisher. We're here each and every week to give you the latest and the greatest in the world of social media networking via Twitter, Facebook, Ming, LinkedIn, Clerkin, and all that other fun, jazzy stuff. Eric, my friend, what is going on in the new media world for you today? Um, well, I'm back to using it. <laughs> so how was your sabbatical? Oh, gosh. Well, it was kind of forced almost. I had jury duty Monday through Wednesday. So today is Thursday and I'm starting to use it again, I guess. So you weren't allowed to like tweet your experience, like what was being said on the witness stand or anything like that? huh? Well, even even if I legally could, which would not be true, I couldn't even tweet out, hey, I'm sitting here bored. Yeah, I, I couldn't even have a cell phone. So wow. Now, sat through eight hours a day without even being able to touch Facebook or Twitter or any of these things. That is crazy. So, so jury duty. Um, now, is this like even in be, you know during the evenings you weren't allowed to use this stuff? In the evenings I could, but some of the evenings I'd get out so late that it was straight into family time and wanting to go right to bed, basically. Wow. So I would I would kind of check through Google Reader and some of the Twitter stuff and maybe schedule a few retweets for the next day because I couldn't do any myself. But right. Yeah, I have been called up for jury duty on two occasions and I got out of it both times. Yeah. So I, this is my first time fully having to do it. I'd get called one other time and let go. Yeah. So so was the was it interesting? I mean, are, are you glad you partook in the system to kind of see what it was like? I think, well, I'll say this, and I tweeted, I tweeted this out this morning. It was the hardest and most stressful situation of my life thus far, and I was longing to get back to my cubicle. Really? Yeah. In, in what ways? I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to know anything about this particular case, but in what, yeah. ways, in what ways was this kind of stressful? Well, I mean, to be honest, the whole social media thing, I did not realize how addicted to Twitter I am. Oh, wow. To, to not be able to, within 20 minutes, half an hour, just sit down and, and do some something on the internet. I'm used to being able to do that even for a minute or two and then walk away again. And without even being able to do that at all, like it was cold turkey social media wow. cutting it out. So. Wow. That and just, it, I mean, it was stressful. It's a stressful situation to be in where you're making huge decisions that affect somebody else's life. And it was a very good and worthwhile experience to have happen. But yeah, like I said, up to this point, it's, it was the hardest thing I ever had to be a part of. And I think it shaped my character in a good way. So I wouldn't not do it. And I think everybody should have to do it at least once. So yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, hey, I'll tell you what, let's get into what's going on in the world of social networking. I I know that one of the big stories is that earlier in the week that a certain Twitter iPhone application went missing in the iTunes store, which, of course, was Tweety. 
Yeah. And now we have a brand new free official Twitter for the iPhone application. Yes. So what are you thinking about it? Well, I, I swapped right over to it and it updated the icon and I played around with it, felt it very familiar with my Tweety application. I'm, I think, you know, don't go, if it's not broke, don't, don't fix it. But it does feel like there's a couple new tweaks here and there. Um, they've actually, and I, I wasn't aware of this because I immediately put in my credentials to have myself start using my account. But you can download uh, Twitter for iPhone and not put in your credentials and still find it a very good searching through Twitter streams type of an application on your iPhone. Wow. You don't need to have your account linked to be able to, you know, see what's trending, um, search for certain things. So in and of itself, even if you don't use, uh, never used Tweety or didn't want to pay for it, but it's now free, mm-hmm. you could, I say download this thing and try it out for a little bit just as a Twitter search engine in and of itself, to be honest. Right. Well, I will tell you, I, I downloaded and installed it uh, on my, well, I, it's on both my iPhone and my iPad. Now, on my iPhone, I will use it as my my new default Twitter client. Uh, okay. I've, I've replaced Tweety 1 because I never upgraded to Tweety 2. I knew that. I was not thinking you were going to do this. What what made you move to to Twitter for iPhone? Oh well, the fact that I I got rid of my use of Ping.fm a long time ago. Um, okay, I I don't know if I fully had followed that. Yeah, what happened is when I got the iPad, there was really no p- good Ping.fm integration tool out there. I certainly uh, I didn't want to use an iPhone application, you know, double sized on my iPad to do right. to use Twitter. And so at that at that point I said, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to use the Twitter client or the Twitter application on Facebook and I'm going to I'm going to let that application take all of my tweets and put it into Facebook. And then I went in and I turned I went to LinkedIn and I did the same thing. I told mm-hmm. LinkedIn to go pull my Twitter updates and and bring them in the LinkedIn. And I decided to cut, you know, you know all these other services that I was randomly posting to. I just cut them all out of the loop. And and so I I decided you know, I didn't need ping.fm anymore. And that's, that's ping.fm integration was the only thing that was keeping me holding on to the original Tweety. And, and so since I, since there was no good ping.fm iPad uh, enabled version out there, I I decided to just do it this way. So yeah, I I upgraded to it. The one thing is though, I, I am extremely disappointed in this new application that it's not a universal app. And that it does not have, um, that it does not have a, an iPad equivalent. So at least, it, oh, yeah. I don't need, I don't well, need different functionality or anything. I just want it to look good in full screen. Well, I and and I almost guarantee you a hundred percent that who, or sorry, that uh, Twitter for iPad is coming down the line. Yeah, I mean they're going to make it. They're not. I mean they wanted to get this thing. Since it was already in existence, they wanted to get this one repurposed and right back out again. And the iPad one, you know, there's some there's some bells and whistles they could add to an iPad version of Twitter for iPad or for iPhone and make it Twitter for iPad. So yeah, I'm sure that's coming down the line. Well, I'll tell you what it it it, it for the iPhone it is a great application. I and it's al- free and it's free. It it, it is free. 
Not that it was unaffordable before. No, but it eliminates that slight purchase barrier now. So yeah. the one thing I am noticing here, and, and and maybe I don't believe it was this way on the the Tweety version one. Now your Tweety two, you might be able to tell me. But okay. um, I'm looking here. I, I I've got I've got this pulled up on my iPad in that little tiny box because I I refuse to hit the two X on this thing because it's right. so ugly. But anyway, I'm looking at it here, and if I look at my direct messages, I see that I have an incoming one that that is that I have not yet responded to. But I have in my list now. I have a message that I sent out to somebody. Now, if I remember correctly, that was not there in Tweety One. So my so my direct message inbox actually has my outgoing message as well as. As well, yeah. as well as um, my incoming. So I'm not a fan of that at all. I hate it when people integrate that. But like I told you last week, I've gotten to the point where now I just delete them after I feel like they've been read. But yeah, well, I, actually, let me let me comment on that real quick. Yeah. Look at it this way. If you were to push your finger onto that sent out message, uh-huh. what it's really what it really is. Think of it as a Gmail threaded conversation through email sure with with your last message sitting on top that's great give me the ability to archive it my friends there that's you go all, that's all i'm asking let me let me get it out of my inbox yep that's all i'm saying i i just despise seeing it in the list you know i i i, I don't i wouldn't mind being able to watch the conversation and when somebody responds to a dm then bring it back but, oh yeah, but but this whole idea of just letting it sit there. So, for example, th- th- I did send a, a message to a friend of mine uh, back on May 18th. Today is the 20th, so it's been two days now. Normally, I would delete this message, but this is somebody who I have a suspicion only gets onto Twitter about once a week, once every other week. So, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Jonathan says you want you don't want Twitter, you want Gmail, and the answer to your question to that is absolutely not. I want I want Twitter and I want direct messages, but I don't want out. I don't want my outbound direct messages in my inbound direct message inbox. You want to be able to apply inbox zero to your direct messages through Twitter. That's correct. And, And I'll tell you what, more than that, I don't even mind the fact that these things are there now, but let me have the ability to delete the outbound direct message, but let it sit on your server and so that the people I send that to will still get it. So that, that, that's fine either, either way, but I, I just don't like them in there. And, and again, this is on an application level, but now this is the official Twitter. The official exactly. Twitter application now brings your outbound uh, direct messages into your inbound. And, and they don't call it an inbox, but I mean, that's what, that's what, okay. How about this? I want an, a direct message inbox only view. So there. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. So, so it's still, it's free, it's official, it's out there, it's online now, go get it. I think it's really cool. If you have an iPhone, it's a definite must-have. Uh, I can't imagine using any other Twitter cl- client as my default Twitter client on the iPhone. Uh, there are other decent ones out there, but it, it is by far the best, and it's free. And uh, as far as the iPad, eh, it, it, it's lacking. You still need a, a really good default Twitter client on that iPad. Well, I, I have it. I, I use the free Twitterific. It, it, it is, it is exactly what I, it does what it wants, what I want it to do. 
now that I've decided, you know, now that I found a good work through on the, you know, the direct messages thing, gotcha. just deleting those when they come through. So anyway, Tweety for the iPhone. There's another iPhone application that recently came out. You want to tell them about it, Eric? Okay. Well, we were very gung-ho about Hootsuite for iPhone coming out when it first uh, was launching back in, what was that, November, December? Anyway, um, since then, we haven't really revisited the Hootsuite iPhone application. No. Nope. They've done some major overhaul on it. It does now include the ability to send out a message to Twitter, multiple Twitter clients, and Facebook. So that's part of the functionality that the Hootsuite on the web has that the iPhone client did not have but now does have. So they're, they're starting to make up for what they originally, I felt, promised that that app was going to do. I mean, to be honest, we both thought it was a bit of a letdown when it came out. Yeah. Um, the UI is maybe not as clean um, as Tweety or Twitter for iPhone has been. But at the same time, it's a preference thing as far as the UI goes. I think it's still got a pretty, very decent UI. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. There's a full version and then there's a light version. Uh-oh. And the only difference between the two is the amount of clients or social media, um, let's say, accounts that you can use on it. And so you could get by with the free Hootsuite for iPhone light if you were only going to use, say, two to three or four Twitter clients on it. You mean and accounts? Then, and then accounts and then Facebook. Okay. So I, I highly suggest people try this one out as well because being, a, being able to have the ability to whip out your iPhone and schedule a tweet, which is what Hootsuite's main draw is, then go for it. Right. The also, also, the other thing is, is that this has multiple language um, supports now to where you can, you can switch which language you want to use it on, not just English. It also has Instapaper uh, built into it where you can send something to Instapaper from Hootsuite as well as send out a tweet to uh, an email address. Very cool. So it's got some functionality that Twitter for iPhone does not have. It's a, I would consider it the best, if you go for the light version, the best power user version of a Twitter client for iPhone at this point. Um, but yeah, again, I don't know that the 299 app is is well worth it, or is it 299? It may be more, but uh, let me check that real quick because I had it open. the The light version is free. The regular version is 299. Um, and I've been trying to find where it says what how many Twitter clients, but I know it's at least two to three. Oh, okay. Well, the, I mean that's going to take care so of, of that's going to take care of most people. Yeah. yeah. So try this one out as well. It's it, if you like. If you've used Hootsuite, this will be able to import the accounts that you've used on there before as well. I, I think the big thing here is if you want the ability to send out the same Twitter message to five clients, this is the client for you. Yeah, you know, the, or to five to five different accounts. That this is the this is including the one for Facebook, you. including Facebook. Yeah, and schedule it even. Oh yeah, and this, so the sch- you can schedule is, it on the go. So is scheduling available on the iPhone version now? Yeah. Awesome. 
Actually, that was cool. already in. That was always in there. Oh, was it? I didn't even yeah. take a look at it that close, yeah. I guess. Well, hey, um, Daniel in our chat room says, do you guys follow Seismic News? It says Seismic Desktop now is the first Twitter client to support Google Buzz. So Yeah. And actually, there's an iPhone Twitter client that just announced this morning they are doing the same thing. Very cool. Do you, do you know who that is? It's TweetDeck. TweetDeck for the iPhone is now going to support uh, Google Buzz and also, also Foursquare, right? Yes. Nice. That was just announced this morning. And to be honest, I'm not really using Google Buzz. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, look at this. I'm opening my Gmail account right now. And I have not opened this thing probably in pro- about a month. And there are four messages in my inbox. And they're all Google Buzz. And they're all comments related to, uh, to a Twitter message that I posted. So, and so at least it's feedback, though. Yeah, it's feedback. So that's, and, that's not bad. I, yeah. was, I was tapering off and getting almost none. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting some feedback from a from like well I can tell you right now between two to four people or no two to five people still on some comment I'm getting two to five comments on a few of my uh, status updates but there I'm looking at it here they're all people that I know on Twitter as well mm-hmm. and I think that the only people that, matter of fact the only reason I believe people are commenting on Google Buzz to these status updates is because, well, hello, there is the ability to thread a comment. You know, it, I, I love the fact that that's the one thing I do love. I, I, I'm sitting here looking at, um, let's see, huge accomplishment. Just ran my first 5K in 38 and a half minutes. Uh, you have to start somewhere. Pretty excited, though. And then uh, Tony says, way to go, Cliff. Keep it up. And before you know it, you'll be telling us you're going for a marathon. Anne says, way to go, Cliff. Tom says, awesome. Rob says, that's awesome. Cliff, you rock. You know, and, and so there's this thread, you know, and, and I love that. That's the only yeah. thing. If, if Twitter had it, I'd see no need for Google Buzz. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, if Twitter had this threaded commenting system, I would actually delete my Google Buzz account. Yeah, it's that is to be honest. That's one of the killer functionality options in uh, Facebook. Yeah, I mean that that and that's why you know some people say you know uh, the reason I like Facebook more than Twitter is because I get so much more interaction. Well, that interaction is usually comments left on pictures and and status updates and all that other stuff. And well, the, the reason why it happens there more is because it's so much more intuitive. And 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 it's so easy to follow a threaded conversation, and and I just don't and, understand yeah. why Twitter doesn't get that. Well, and even with, like for example, if somebody comments, somebody one person's a friend of you on Facebook. Have you noticed we're actually using the word Facebook again? Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> if somebody's a friend of you on Facebook and they comment on something you've posted there, but then somebody else goes and wants to comment on what you did, but they're not friends with that other person that commented, they can still see that person there commenting. And yeah. so it it draws people that are not necessarily friends of each other, but are friends of you together on Facebook. Yeah. Daniel, anyway. Daniel said he saw something where uh, it, it was reported that 80% of buzz content is syndicated uh, from somewhere else. Yeah, that's one hundred percent of mine is. So, 
And of course, all, this, all of mine was so is all of my Facebook content and LinkedIn with the exception of I comment back on Facebook. When people comment on me, I do comment back uh, over on Facebook. And uh, yeah. Jim says that's why he likes Plurk over Twitter. It's the threaded conversation deal again. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hearing that there are still a handful of people out there that are still using Plurk, which is cool. Yeah, yeah I man, I keep hearing about it when people say stuff like that. And I just think, man, Plurk's still around. I know. But then if people are still using it, I just got to wonder, but how much of a threaded conversation can you have with the limited amount of people that are oh, on there? No, 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 no. Don't, don't assume too much, my friend. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Because I'm playing devil's advocate, sort of. Well, I will tell you that the, 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 the it's little communities, it's little pockets of people. And and I will tell you the the conversations can go on for, I mean... There, I, I literally had one status update. I'm not kidding you. More than 150 comments. It was like an ongoing conversation for a week and a half between about 35 people. So it and and again, even at the height of my using it, there wasn't a ton of people using it. I'm I'm looking here. Um, I've got let's see how many Plurk friends do I have? Do they show you? Yeah. Even even today, I have only 130 Plurk friends. But with 130 Plurk friends, you can have some even I'd say with 15 Plurk friends, if those Plurk friends are using Plurk a lot, I guarantee you have some really rich conversation there. That's true. It, it, it really you. And matter of fact, I will even argue the point that the smaller the community of people, the more rich the conversation is and the and the and the better equipped it is of building strong stronger and more meaningful conversations because the conversations are so much more rich yeah i'm I'm not gonna knock it i don't i just don't have a group of people i want to do that with at yeah. this point that i'm not already doing that with on facebook or twitter yeah my I'm, two m- main places i'm trying to look here is is let me see here if i click on how do i do the, I, I want to see if I can find out when I did the the last plurk because I don't think my I don't think my Twitters are going to plurk anymore. Um, but there I, th- I don't see how I can find out when I did this. It looks like my last plurk was April six, but I'm not sure if that was this year or last year. So I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it, plurk, plurk is something that kind of fell off my radar. Now, is if is there a way? I guess I, I guess the question is: Is there a way for me to go in here? I'm gonna click on my account, and uh, let's see here. Plurk to other networks. But my question is: There is there a an a, a way that I can go in here and have Plurk? Will will it pull in my Twitter updates? I thought that at one point you were do- oh you were doing that with ping.fm yeah, that's see, I, what it was. Yeah, I when I quit using ping.fm, it quit sending things to Plurk. But I don't yeah. think I don't think there's a way. I think you can actually set it up to where Plurk will update your Twitter and everything else, but I don't think it goes the other way around. So that's why I've abandoned Plurk because I abandoned ping.fm. Right. Yeah. And and not to mention the fact that Plurk would never Tell me if somebody left me a comment. Like, for example, yeah. I'm, I'm looking here and I see somebody's left two comments on a status update. And it was had a great time with my family this afternoon. Took them to see Percy Jackson movie. I, I did. 
Did I see it? Oh, I oh I remember that. I did. That, tell, anyway, that was a while ago. Jim Jim uh, actually says, "Hey, how did you like it?" And of course, that this was months and months ago. Oh, here it is, April six. Of course, it still doesn't say. Uh, that would have been this year though, April six. Yeah. Jim says, "How do you like it?" And since he's actually in the chat room right now, hey Jim, it wasn't that great of a movie, <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was fun to watch with the family. Uh, and Justin Rain says, we saw it, really liked it. My son is into the whole Lightning Thief books. So there you go. Yeah, there even there was even some comments left there. The only problem is, is the only problem I had was unlike Facebook, when somebody left a comment, leaves a comment on Plurk, I don't, I never get notified of it. Can't get notified. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of stinky. I want, I want email notifications if somebody leaves me a, a comment on Plurk. And, and if, if, so if it, if Plurk had, Number one, if Plurk had the ability to pull my Twitter status updates, and number two, if Plurk had the ability to email me comments, I would be a full-fledged Plurk user as much as I am a Facebook user these days. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. T- Plurk. Plurk. <laughs> Plurk. Um, I was wrong. The It's not TweetDeck for iPhone. It's the TweetDeck desktop client that, that now has Foursquare and Google Buzz. Oh, so it's still not on the the iPhone app then. Right. Okay. Um, the cool thing, well, here's the thing. So, so to get back to Buzz real quick, it can take, you can now send a message out to Buzz without sending it out everywhere else. Although for people like us, we like to shoot the same message out to, uh, you know, everywhere at once. But Google Buzz is, I mean, if you've already got your tweets up set to automatically go there, I don't really see the the integration of Google Buzz necessary unless you can have it to where you can go check your Google Buzz threaded conversations uh, in TweetDeck. Say that again. If you could go to TweetDeck and uh-huh. have a Google Buzz column, oh yeah, that would work. Yeah. That might well anyway. <laughs> you could to where you could see the comments. Well, you know what? Instead of doing doing it in Gmail, you know I, what I mean. Here's the deal: if Google Buzz comes to my Google Apps account, I guarantee you I'll be using it again. Yeah, I, I, I will because because the thing is, is I just signed in my G. I never sign into Gmail. Gmail doesn't. Gmail is a is a world in the past. You know, it it, it is a world I don't visit very often anymore. I use Google because apps. you use the Google Apps, so you have the their Gmail version for your own hosted. That's right. If, if if Google if Google Buzz was in my Google Apps and when people left comments on my status updates and it pulled into my inbox, I'd be using Google Buzz all the time. But no, didn't didn't do that. So, so at some point in the future, there's there's this huge possible resurgence of Google Buzz being used for more functionality. But at this time, yeah. It, it's. I can guarantee you this: if if Google Buzz comes to Google Apps, <clears throat> I'm not going to ignore it. I will use it, and when those comments coming in come in, they'll be in my inbox. And by golly, I will do a short little comment back anytime somebody leaves a comment. Those, yeah. Those conversations will be more integrated into my inbox and and more flowing, ongoing conversations via a buzz will happen. And 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 everything that my initial excitement from long time ago will probably be reignited. But with it being out there in, in Gmail land, I, I mean, it, it's just not a place I go. So 
Yeah. I, I forget about it. And of course, there's no email notifications <laughs> because they just assume that it's in your email inbox. Right. And, and I think they assume too much. Yep. All right. Um, to touch on the Foursquare aspect of this real quick and TweetDeck, it's kind of cool. You can actually send a shout out to Foursquare, which is basically sending out a, a message without checking in. Um, although you can do it at the same time you check in. Also, you can, through this app, you can open up and see where all your Foursquare friends are, that's a tongue twister, on a Google map all at once. You can see kind of where so-and-so is or so-and-so is. Here's the thing. Uh, for a lot of my friends, they wouldn't be super you know, traveling type people. So you'd see them basically in the same generic area all the time. So for me, that'd be boring. But yeah. You know, for some people that might be super awesome. I think it would be great in 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 a in a situation where you're at a conference in a town that's not familiar to you, and you can actually say, you know, at here we're at the super social media conference. There are literally hundreds of us all gathered together, and we got about fifty friends here, and we're all using Foursquare. It'd be cool at that conference at lunchtime to pull that up and then say oh, they're over here at this pub or they're over here at this restaurant or they're over here at this pl- cantina, whatever. And and you can actually drive over and say, you know what, I'm going to go hang out with these guys. There's about three th- three of my friends are over at this restaurant. Yeah. That would be cool. Yep. And of course, I'm not using Foursquare at this time. Nor am I. But they did roll, and this is just a re- real quick sidebar, they did roll out, Starbucks rolled out a major... Uh, mayorship gift discount uh, to people that were mayors of Starbucks, and I saw DG uh, did this where he was able to get like a buck off his his favorite drink or whatever. Nice, because he was the oh he's probably the mayor of like what twenty Starbucks down there, probably. But uh, it, when I saw that, I tweeted back to him. I said, "Erg, that's gonna almost make me want to use Foursquare again." You it's- Starbucks addicts. Well, yeah, I try not to, but anyway, it's that that's the incentivizing to use Foursquare that I'm waiting for and looking for. Yeah. But in the end I didn't I you got seriously, I went back to foursquare.com and started to start signing up and logging in and then closed the MacBook and said, "Nope, not going to do it." <laughs> so, too funny. Yeah. Too funny. Now, Nation's in the chat room. He says uh, he likes that Google Wave is was added to Google Apps yesterday. Did you hear anything about this? I did not hear about that. Of course, I've been out of the loop this week. So right, I I didn't hear about this either. And so I'm I'm kind of interested to hear. Matter of fact, I'm going into my Google Apps right now. I'm clicking Manage this domain, and of course, it should be it should ask me for my password here. So let me just sign in. And do 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 for some reason, why is my password not working? Hold on, let me try this. All right, and I'm signing in, and here are the services. Add more services. Let's just click here to add more services. Google Wave, collaborate and discuss, add it now. Um, very cool. That's oh, pretty contacts. cool. <clears throat> contacts, a contact manager to help your users find and organize the contacts and groups to collaborate with. Hmm, that's neat. Well, I'm adding Google Wave now. And so I'm hitting here to add, yes, enable Google Wave on my apps account. I'm going to go ahead and add this contacts thing. That's new too. But uh, did you hear there's a lot of new features coming to Google Apps? Uh, like um, 
uh, uh, I think all of your main stuff like Picasa and all that other stuff is coming to Google Apps as well. Okay. That's now, I exciting. had heard a rumor that Google Wave was now something that you could use for like live blogging. Yeah, there's a story out there that it, it found a really good use in live blogging because you can see it, people as they're typing and all this stuff. It, this is a read-write-web article. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick, and I'll put it in the chat room as well. So there it is for the folks in the chat room. And uh, do, 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 pulling it up myself. It says, do you remember Google Wave? <laughs> after, <laughs> after a lot of hype around the initial launch of Wave, uh, which some pundits billed as an, a, an email k- killer at the time, things have been rather quiet around the service. Uh, the latest update to Wave, however, could push the service back into public eye. Um, publishers can now easily embed Waves on their sites and readers can see them without having to be logged into Wave, which makes Wave a perfect, a, a great live blogging pa- platform. So basically, the I guess the thing is, is before it took a lot of work to be able to take a Wave and then embed that Wave into your website. Gotcha. And, and I remember even looking into it and trying it out but never got around to, to really fully understanding it because I didn't have the time to implement it. And, yeah. it, and it, it appeared that this, I think you had to have this thing called bloggy or whatever. And I didn't know if it only worked with blogger because, I, you know, I just didn't know. Well, anyway, apparently you can actually go in and, and make a wave public and you can do this wave element tool. Yeah. And, and they say that you can embed it right into a website. I haven't tried it yet. I would love to see this used possibly for show no, for sh- live show chat. Yeah. Well, Cuz I'm always blocked from Chitango. Yeah, that that would be cool if we could do it that. The only thing is is again, the one thing I hate about Google Wave and I would not want is I don't like the I don't like the user interface. I don't like the fact that you can I mean there's the option to reply over here and there's the option to reply down here and it gets it's not threaded well. I just don't think I'm it's looking at well. Well, I went to google.com slash web elements slash wave to look at this wave element. It actually looks like a pretty clean user interface. Huh. Well, the, the screenshot that they have in the article, it was it was pretty ugly. But uh, let's see here. So here's, oh, okay. So here it is. You yeah, tell, it's better than that screenshot. That's for sure. Yeah. So display footer. Anyway. I think you could probably pick which aspects you wanted to, you know, make it very simplified, giving the people that are wanting to join in on the chat, um, you know, what, how much permission you want to give them to do what, you know, if you, if you can limit it like that and just have it just, if I could get the same functionality of just linear chat, you know, don't, don't allow threaded, but just do a linear chat. That's what I would want. Yeah, I'm gonna look into this a little bit more. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you could maybe do linear chat on this thing. I, I think it can be done. It's, the question is whether or not it can be done, you know, without also people having the ability to thread it out as well. Mm-hmm. Daniel says actually, waves threading is perfect. It's perfect if you're for certain things. It's not perfect if you're like me and just want to have a threaded chat and have a kind of a chat room replacement. I don't. I, it's just I just don't like the fact that people could respond to something somewhere else and it gets lost in the mix instead of pushing it in chronological order. But that's just the way my is mind that what works. that's what Chitango does right now though. It does where it's just 
someone said this, then someone yes. said this, then someone said this. So it's it's all linear. It's not threaded. That's correct. It is all linear because I like. It for, looks like this is doing threading. It shows back to where it what it was responding to, as you scroll down. Yeah, it, it in a linear in a linear matter manner. Sorry. Yeah, but it still shows that it was connected to such and such. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Daniel says I'm misusing threaded, but I'm not sure. Um, I want you want an unthreaded chat. No, I, I, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want unthreaded chat. I want just linear chat without any kind of threaded comments off of a single instance. So, I, I liked to be honest. I loved actually the way TalkShoe did it back you, in the day. The whole hor- uh, what was that horizontal chat? Where it would go sideways, but you could look down the whole way from top to bottom and see at what point yeah, somebody, somebody was saying something and it always brought up the most recent ones to the top and that man, is, that was awesome. That is so funny. I hated that. And as soon as they came out with the web version that had the linear chat, I loved it. Yeah. It's it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I hated that too. Oh, goodness. Anyway, Google for live blogging. It looks like, you know, Google Wave may eventually have some uses for folks out there. And of course, I say that and I know that people out there, there are people out there that love Google Wave and they're using it and getting a ton of usefulness out of it. That's this is almost like the show to bring out all those old things we used to pick on over again, like Plurk and Google Wave and Google Buzz and And Foursquare (laughs) and Foursquare. The things we used to like, but now don't really get all that excited about. But there's still people out there using them, I guess. There are. They are. It it works perfect for what they need. So I'm not going to knock it. Right. So WordPress 3.0. Have you seen that they're coming out with a new version of WordPress and they got some pretty interesting things happening over there? Um, you know, it, you know, I'm a little nervous to be honest with you because, you know, change is not always fun. I mean, it, I, I think naturally some of us resist change. Some of us are easier with it than others. Um, but you know, here's the thing. WordPress has been such an amazing resource to so many people, to businesses, to bloggers. I mean, it, the one thing that they're going uh, to be doing in 3.0 is it's going to cl- more closely resemble an official content management system. Now, right. I've been using it as a content management system for quite some time, but it's even becoming a little bit more in line with what people would assume you could do with content management. Uh, they've got an article out there that talks about the five n- most important features, new features coming in uh, WordPress 3.0. One is custom post types. So instead of having, you know, um, basically by default, WordPress will let you have two types of content, posts or pages. In version 3.0, you can define additional content types with their own attributes. For example, if you're running a WordPress site for a design agency, you might create a custom post type to display portfolio items, another Mm -hmm. for employee pages, and another for client testimonials. From there, you can customize the theme to better suit each individual post type. So just like you can customize your theme, it'll display a page in one way and a post in a different way. Now you can actually customize your theme to say, hey, if this is actually if this particular entry is an employee bio, then I want the site to look like this. Yeah, so it's, it's very context context based. Yeah, it's going to be very cool. 
They also have something called custom taxonomies. This is more for designers and stuff like that. Um, it's not one that I really understand all that well. Although I will say I'm pretty excited to know that they're actually coming out with a new default theme. Yeah, it looks I, really It's been well. a while and it's long overdue. <laughs> but it, it it's pretty clean. The The nice thing here is they are going to give you the ability to swap out and put in a custom header. They're going to mm-hmm. give you the ability now to uh, within the just the theme itself to give a back, you know, a background image. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, I think that it would be cool if they got it to the place where WordPress, you know, by default was kind of it can kind of give you a lot of the same options that you get with a, like a thesis or another of these professional themes. And I think we're heading in that direction. Yeah. So. I think so. And also there, there's a new feature in there, uh, such it's called multi-site and it gives you the ability to install several different versions or I'm sorry, several different instances of WordPress on different domains, but the ability to manage all of them with a single sign in instance of it. Now there's a lot of there's a little bit of coding and some things that you have to configure on servers and stuff like that. Uh, but there are certainly a lot of people out there that will be very excited to know that they can manage multiple WordPress installations with one sign in. So yeah. that's pretty interesting to know. Anyway, I would like that WordPress 3.0. Now let me ask you this uh, a little update. How's your Tumblr experience? It's it's good. I like it. It's clean. I just don't have... I mean, to be honest, I almost second-guessed myself and said, oh, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm, I should go back to WordPress. Or should, but WordPress 3.0 isn't out yet, and so I don't have the next cool big thing. I don't have the, crap, I just bought a MacBook and then the new ones came out feeling, you know? But it, it's definitely exactly what I need and it, for now. And I feel like in the future, I may go to something that has more power tools behind the you know, dashboard and import it over. But for now, Tumblr's perfect. Good. And uh, there, there are actually, there's quite a bit of, there was actually a thread started in the Social Media Serenity uh, section of the gspn.tv forums where, of uh, talking about Tumblr a little bit. Cool. Uh, there are gspn.tv community members that have some Tumble blogs. So you should go check those out. Very cool. And you could do that, of course, over at gspn.tv slash forum. And then just go down to Social Media Serenity and you can see that thread there. Very, very cool. Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, I have a little story here. I don't know if it's really all that big of a deal yet. But YouTube is is uh, talking about... There's rumors out there about them allowing... Pe- um, YouTube users to charge rental fees. Have you heard about this? A little bit. Uh, basically, it says here, to clarify, the service is not available to all users, but only to the users who are members of, of the participating program. And it says here, YouTube's movie rental service is still in its infancy and it still offers only a small selection of films, but that could change quickly. YouTube exec- executive uh, Hunter Walk told media post that the site will soon offer to its users the ability to charge rental fees for their uploaded videos. So this could be a way for content producers to monetize their content. That's very interesting stuff. 
How would you do that with a, a rental fee? Is that kind of like a, hey, I'm going to pay a subscription? Is, is it similar to a subscription fee for like Hulu or something? Or I have no idea. I don't know. Like you must click and pl- pay a buck with, or pay 99 cents with PayPal before viewing this YouTube video kind of a thing. I, that's what I'm you thinking know? is like you, you pay, you know. Unless you're letting me download it, then. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm that. not sure. I just saw that story. I thought it was interesting, um, and and very few details are really out there yet on this one. But uh, I, I I just want I just wanted to be on our radar because I yeah. think that there's a lot of people out there that love the the broadcast medium that YouTube has. I mean, I mean, literally billions of people out there on this thing, and 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 it really is is an is an opportunity to to I guess cash in on some. Uh, premium content if you are out there creating that. Well, and let's not forget YouTube is one of the flagship pieces of Google. Yeah, it's so funny because Google actually purchased them, but now that it's so important to Google, I mean, it it really is. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, Eric, the other day I recorded a piece of five-minute audio feedback for this show because I knew that I would forget to record it in the same passion for which I had when I first recorded it. So if you if you want to go grab a, a quick drink or something, I'm going to rant about Facebook for five minutes. Go for it. Here we go. Okay, guys, this is me here, and I am recording this on Friday afternoon, and I have to submit this as a pre-recorded piece of feedback for the Social Media Serenity podcast because there's no way that I'm going to be able to convey the outrage that I have about Facebook right now. All right, so you probably know that I have a virtual assistant and my virtual assistant does many things for me. One of the things that she's doing is managing an event that I'm throwing for the gspn.tv community, the uh, Sunday, May 23rd um, series finale party of Lost. And I have this event set up on Facebook that basically um, my, uh, you know, that we have... I think 24 people who are pending and 16 people who are confirmed via Facebook. And what happens is I now need my assistant to go in and actually um, go in and contact all those people on my behalf. So I've given her the task of going in and and sending some messages to the people who have confirmed that they're going, but yet haven't uh, RSVP'd on the site. So here's the situation. I ask her to sign in using my username and password. And of course, um, Facebook recognizes that her IP address is a whole lot different than the IP address of where I'm at right now. Okay, totally cool. So far, everything's great. This helps you know, avoid people from being able to log into my account just in case they get my username and password. So it's, it throws up some security questions. And then so they decide over at Facebook that the best way to confirm that I am who I am is to make me identify friends of my or photos of my friends. OK, here's the situation. I have one thousand seven seven hundred and forty four people as of the time that I am uh, recording this that I'm connected to on Facebook. I accept anybody from the podcasting community out there to um, as friends of mine. Now, here's the situation. They you have to confirm seven photos, seven photos from your friends. You have to because you know how they tag themselves in a photo seven of them. You have to answer seven seven of them correctly to be able to authenticate that you are who you are. 
So of my 1,744 friends, they took out of they took randomly out of all of those people and all of their photos where they've tagged themselves or they have been tagged uh, in these photos. Um, and they've given me seven of those at random or gave my assistant seven of those at random to, to kind of actually say, okay, now, which of these six people is this tagged in this photo? Ridiculous. Okay, there is no way I know what every single one of these 1,744 people look like. Um, you know, and, and so it's ridiculous. So not only could she not do it, but I couldn't do it. In fact, I, we tried it twice. So the first time it gave me seven photos of the seven photos. I recognized three people in the second set of photos. I didn't recognize anybody. Uh, And here's the thing. One of dude, people out there. What are you putting these pictures online? I mean, there's this one that this girl, she's halfway. I mean, I mean, she's dressed, but man, you could tell this. This is something that later I think maybe perhaps one day she Maybe she won't regret it, but man, she should regret putting this one photo. I mean, it is, it's a little risque, but anyway, I don't know who she is because I wasn't able to uh, correctly assume who she was. So they give you these seven photos. You, you have to answer all seven. And at the end, they tell you, you didn't get enough correct. Uh, and they don't tell you which ones you got incorrect, anything like that. So I tried it the second time got them, you know, didn't have enough correct either time. And so it locks my account and says, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to do this uh, for another hour. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So here my virtual assistant can't get into my Facebook account. I mean, and heaven forbid, I wanted to get into my Facebook account from a different IP address. Maybe I was using, um, I don't know, what do you use? Uh, what's that called? A remote desktop or something. And it was using a, um, an IP address from somewhere else. I, I'm locked out of my Facebook account. Now, luckily, I was able, since I'm, I, it knows my local IP address, I went ahead and signed in. It says, oh, you're locked out here. You need to review some le- recent activity. We've recently suspended your account. Some, somebody from this pl- different place has tried to log in. Do you recognize this? If so, then go ahead and click below to restore. And if not, go ahead and hit no, and you can log in, and we'll make you change your password. So I totally get the security. But Facebook, who do you think you are determining what? I mean, give me a different way to confirm my account. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, back to you guys. All right, there you go. That was my rant. Back to you, Cliff. (laughs) Thanks, Cliff. Uh, I was so upset. I had to record that because there's no way I was going to be able to bring the same passion. Uh, Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Yes, I do share my Facebook login information with my virtual assistant in the event that I have a big, huge, gigantic multimedia <laughs> event happening. A multimedia event. I have this big, huge event happening, and I've got you know, you know, almost forty to sixty people on Facebook that need some very personalized, individualized messages, uh, giving them all the details about uh, the Lost series finale party. And uh, I, I, she couldn't get in. She could not log in on her end. And it was Man. really, really. It, and it's not an it, I mean, it's not an issue of making her an admin on my page. I need yeah. I wanted her and, and Daniel saying, why not make her an admin on your page? Uh, I wanted her be, to be able to send individual messages from my Facebook account to those people. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted it to happen this way. And it, it was frustrating. So, I, yeah. 
I had to I had to identify seven random people out of the you know seventeen hundred friends. I'm like, I have no clue who these people are. I mean, it, the and some of the pictures. Oh my gosh, it is so hilarious because it just random. Like for example, Eric, if it, if you were happen if you would have happened to have been in one of them, it just randomly pulls one of the pictures off of your profile page, and and it just it's so funny. Some of the pictures it picked. Uh, oh anyway. wow! So it didn't even. So it didn't even, uh, it wouldn't have picked what I have set as my profile pic nope. now, just one of the ones I've possibly used. It, it, matter of fact, get this. It's any photo that you've been tagged in. Oh, geez. And of course, you know you know that I could literally take a picture of, you know, 10 random people and tag you in it and boom, you're tagged in that photo and that could have been the one that was chosen for me to choose. It It was ridiculous. And it may be false tagging. Yeah. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Not a good way to have security no, set up. It, it was it was ridiculous. So even today, she she was una- she's unable to log into my account. So instead, what I did is I set up log me in on my account. I logged in via my own thing and and had her go through you know kind of like this indirect route into my Facebook page. But uh, anyway, I just thought. That, I mean, it is just frustrating. I hope I never get locked out of my account and need to verify it by clicking on seven different people or correctly. De- um, identifying seven of my friends at random, yeah, on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> wow, I don't know who my friends are. Well, the thing is, I mean, I I knew I knew a couple of them. I mean, I saw a couple of them, but I mean, it, I mean, there's just no way. It, I mean, I don't. It, there's seventeen hundred people there, and yeah. and I definitely don't know, you know, what all of these people look like. So. Anyway, I just I just thought that was a big rant of mine. I was very very frustrated. And Understandably so. Yeah. I I'm totally cool with the fact that they have security, but man, there needs to there needs to be, you know, click here, we'll send you an email to your registered email address and you can click on it and then give access, you know, we'll open up access to this place that's obviously an internet an IP that's obviously in a completely different state where then where you're logged in on another computer, you know, I, that's what, that's what I, that's what I wanted. Anyway, anything else, my friend? I think for now, that's it. That's it. Hey, have we said anything that you have thoughts on? You got comments on, give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline. The phone number is area code 859-795-4067. Again, the phone number 859-795-4067. And Eric, I think I'm going to be seeing you in just a few days, aren't I? You will see me on Sunday about lunchtime. Awesome. I am so excited to have you come out for the party. We are going to have a blast. It's going to be awesome. All right, folks, we're out of here. And of course, we'll be back again next week with another episode of Social Media Serenity. And until then, we ask you to join the community.